So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. Hello, and welcome to Everyday Connection Now with your hosts, Jean Victoria Norlock and Rick O'Shields, bringing your inner life to your everyday life. Welcome, everybody, to this edition of Everyday Connection Now. I'm Rico Shields, and far to my north in the 10-degree weather, Jean Victoria Norlock. How are you, Jean? I'm good, actually. That's I good. just got finished my morning work, so I'm still warm, um, which is always a plus. And I'm taking this opportunity to practice for our upcoming morning show. <laughs> yes. These are the uh, the hours of the new morning show for us here. Yes. Uh, six days away. Yeah. Probably be good if I got in and figured out how to work the broadcast console. Oh. Somebody reminded me it's of that. Okay. I, no, I will. It's okay. You can, you can admit to our listeners that you've been slacking. <laughs> I've been just, you know wandering around doing nothing uh, and uh, now we have audio bits to edit and we have correspondent reports already received we do some brilliant ones i might add um yeah. our correspondents are coming through with flying colors and certainly i have to give a shout out to simon paul sutton over in malta for his first bit that he sent in for our launch day, which was absolutely brilliant. Can't wait to play it on the air. It's going to be a hoot. Absolutely. Man's a genius. We like we like Paul Simon. Simon. No, yeah. Paul Simon. Well, we like Paul Simon, too, but we like Simon Paul. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and of course, we've, we have a bit from David, and, and then we have other correspondents just chomping at the bit, wanting to, uh, wanting to play with us. So it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. And, uh, in fact, we may have picked up a new correspondent. What was it? Night before last. Evening before yes. last. Angel lady. Angels. Should be angels. Angel yeah, angels are always good. Absolutely. Could always use a little more angels in your life. A few more I, angels. I think so. And uh, shout out to all the people that are keeping track of the Olympics and the speed skating and the snow skiing and the whatever else those things that people do for entertainment in the cold. I wouldn't know. I try to avoid the cold <laughs> best as I can. I'm down here thinking it's cold, and if it was this warm in Canada, you'd be doing backflips. So I, I have to hush about that. Absolutely. And I'll hush about the fact that it's bloody early here because it's even earlier where you it's, are. It's really bloody early over here. But uh, that's okay. In the summer, it'll be even an hour earlier, so so we don't play the daylight savings time game in in Arizona. Yeah, well, most of us don't. Cool. They do on the they do on the Indian reservation, but they don't in the non-reservation parts of the 
state. Because <clears throat> usually in the summer around here when it's, you know, over 100 degrees Fahrenheit, we, we're not trying to save any daylight. We're looking for shade. <clears throat> <laughs> so, you know. So do we have anything cool in news today? Um, I did see a really cool invention yesterday that's going to make wheelchairs obsolete. Oh, yeah. I, I saw that you all uh, were posting up on that. I posted that a yeah. couple of weeks ago. It's a very cool thing that folks can get into and out of without having to turn themselves around and uh, uh, stand up, sit down, you know, and it, it, which yeah, is important. It is. It's little known fact that even when you're a paraplegic that you have to get vertical for part of the day for your health. And uh, so they use all kinds of strange mechanisms to try to do that now. And, and uh, this, they can just stand up, sit down, move around. It's a very cool little chair. And it, well, it's not really so much a chair, is it? it um, it's a, ro- a robotic assist device, I yeah. would call it. And there you go. What was coolest to me was was watching the video and watching um, this gentleman who, who's been a paraplegic all his life um, go into shops. And it's one of the things that I, I notice when I'm out and about. There's certain stores that the aisles are, are very narrow. And... And even if they had a ramp, you wouldn't be able to get a wheelchair through the aisles. Especially bookstores, I find, can be very frustrating um, for for people in wheelchairs. And, and you certainly, the top shelves, you know, you, you can't access them from a wheelchair without assistance. And what I love about this device is that it makes life more accessible to these people. It allows them to go out into the world and function like you and I would function because this device allows them to, at at the touch of a button, stand up, sit down, get into like what would be the level of a squatting position um, for, you know, people that that have the use of their legs. So it really gives them, and it's super narrow. It's really, it's not much wider than, than an average person's body width. So it will allow them to go into stores that normally they wouldn't be allowed to go into. They can go to work, and their their workplace doesn't have to modify its environment to match the person's needs. The person is simply able to integrate into the environment that's already there. And so I love that. It, it's got so many good features, and who whoever thought of this is an absolute genius. Just because, you know, having lost the use of your, these, your legs should not mean losing your life, losing your quality of life. And this allows people to get that back. It, it empowers them to, to go out into the world and not have to, not have to ask for help because they don't need it. They can do it themselves. So right. you know, that to me is super, super cool. Watching in the, in the video where people will be able to get things off the high shelves in the grocery store and also yeah. off the bottom shelf. and Yeah. Uh, because, you know, grocery stores typically have wide aisles. No problem getting a motorized cart through there. Just a problem being able to reach the things you'd like to buy. Right. You know, so what to me is the point of being able to have to roll through somewhere if you can't actually reach anything. It, it uh, uh, gives a, a real degree of independence back. Um Go to, yeah. go to the bathroom exciting. alone, Very go, exciting. you know, um, and not have to do that 
thing with front entry wheelchairs where you have to lift your body up and throw yourself over into a chair and then hope to right and 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 you you need you don't need a whole lot of upper body strength to be able to get into this thing by yourself which is which is beautiful aspect to it as well because um you know you've got elderly people who don't have the body strength to throw themselves into the wheelchair um you, you know people who are overweight who don't have the strength to throw themselves into the wheelchair. And not to mention, I'm sure that the action of actually trying to lift yourself from a bed using your arms and throwing yourself into the wheelchair and twisting over into the wheelchair is probably very jarring on the body and, and no doubt damaging to the neck and to the upper spine. So this device is going to minimize all of that, yeah, that if you damage. Can, and if you can scooch a few inches... You can scooch right onto the pad and then buckle it to the yeah. to the device and off you go. It's, and it uh, just lifts you up. Yeah. So, I mean, independence and freedom. What wonderful gifts to give to people who who deserve to have independence and freedom. Because they're really no different for you and I. They have the same desires to live a full life. So might, why shouldn't they be allowed to? Might you know? be how they got injured to start with, skiing, doing something that was very Usually, active. Usually, right? And, yeah, and, um, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Then suddenly being told you're going to sit in a chair for the rest of your life. That's not fun and not livable. And uh, this, this uh, some, some measure of freedom and the ability to do what you need to do when you need to do it is, is pretty near and dear to all of our hearts. And uh, so I'm glad that uh, we can restore that to more people. It's pretty cool. Absolutely. Very cool. It is very cool. Humans are awesome. Humans are awesome. Keep, we keep saying that. They just keep creating new they, stuff. They just keep being it, and, and uh, we like that. It's very cool. We do. Speaking of awesome humans, we might have one. Yes, here. I believe we have a, another one of those awesome humans with us uh, this morning, or afternoon, as the case may be, because that's why it's Everyday Connection now, because it's... It's now in all the three places we are, but it's a different time in all the three places we are because it's, of course, a global show. And uh, so we have joining us uh, this morning from uh, the Netherlands, uh, I believe, Adeline, Adeline Van Wening. That's correct. Wening? Yes. Wonderful. <laughs> it's from the Netherlands. Yes. Yeah. Well, good afternoon. How how are you afternoon. doing, Adeline? Welcome. Hello. Yes, you. Well, so good of you to say good afternoon because I understand for you it will be very early morning. Yeah, that's that's how we stumbled into the name now for this version yeah. of Everyday Connection yeah. because it just uh, the times can be so odd. We've we've actually yes. done shows with folks in Australia and and and, and then it's a whole different day. It, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wonderful. Wow. This time thing it's a bit odd when you get very much distance going. Very true. Yeah. So, Adeline, we'll get right to it. We'll ask the big question of the day, the one that I'm sure everybody wants to know. Who on earth are you and what do you do? Mm. Who on earth? It's nice to say it in that way. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just so I'm on this little spot on earth in Holland now, and over the ocean uh, in a very 
surprisingly spring-like uh, season, early uh, February. It's very soft, almost budding already. And um, I'm uh, uh, an enjoying life person who is uh, very feels very honored to be on your show and to share something about um, a book I recently uh, wrote that just came out and this is about a subject that's that's very much in my heart and uh, that has meant a lot of me to be involved in that for the last couple of years. So, um, well, maybe you you like to me to know more facts and personalia. Uh, uh, ask me what you would like well, to know more. Otherwise, I'll yeah, I'll. Well, please. Well, I'm curious to know how you got started. Yeah, um, it's always interesting when somebody says a book that just came out of me yeah. because that indicates that there was an event or a life-changing experience that altered your life path. That's very true, and I'm, I'm aware I don't feel much uh, uh, inclination to to say uh, the usual. Uh, uh, personalia and background, and so maybe that will come up. But but in a way, indeed, it it has really been life changing uh, where this started, where this book in a way started, and this uh, was in a meditation retreat of three months duration in 2007, and I've lived quite some some decades before that <laughs> and uh, still I can really say this these three months have, have opened new aspects of life for me. So what prompted you to take the retreat? Because a three month yeah. meditation retreat is not a light endeavor. That That's serious dedication to that's right. To yeah. heart opening. Yeah, that's right. I had been practicing meditation uh, for quite some years before that, uh, some 20 years. And this was an opportunity uh, what, uh, that I loved to uh, enter into. It was a combination of a three months retreat with scientific research, so meditation research, and um, the, the mysteries of the mind have always been very much intriguing me also in my, my uh, yeah, during my whole life as a, as, as a client, as a, a therapist, a psychiatrist, a meditator, uh, yeah, spiritual Explorer, and this was an was an opportunity um, that came actually on my path in a way that I had to decide uh, very quickly and buy my ticket um, 
to take part as I was just the person that fitted into this uh, uh, thorough uh, scientific research setup. So, uh, to give, uh, shall I give some background about this? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's because now, now you've taken, <laughs> now you've really piqued my curiosity because you're you're speaking about scientific research and meditation, and that to me is always a win-win. When science meets spirituality, that's something yeah. to celebrate. So, yes, please do give a little background to that <laughs> for our listeners. Yeah, yeah, well. Um, the book with the name The Less Dust, The More Trust, Participating in the Shamatha Project, Meditation and Science, is about uh, this uh, involvement during three months in 2007 in this um, retreat uh, that, that the, the setup included actually two groups of 30 people, uh, 30 people of which I was one of the 60 guinea pigs. And uh, it was in Colorado, Rocky Mountains, not a a lot nearer to you than to me now, in um, Red Feather Lakes, Shambhala Mountain Center, in a Buddhist context, but in a way that was not so important as these practices were, uh, that that were uh, investigated, were also offered in a yeah in a way of universal attention and emotion regulation strategies so um, two three months retreats and the interesting thing was that um, it is a kind of research that has had not been very much done during uh, at that time more research had been done on monks and nuns with very, very deep uh, tens and tens of years practice behind uh, them or with people who did before, um, by, uh, for instance, one week of a meditation course, of a mindfulness course with, um, well, spanning a far less uh, um, background in meditation. And for this Three months retreats. It was uh, was the requirement that people had quite some experience with meditation, but were not living um, in a monastic setting or or so. So they were just just people living the, the societal life. So it was it was um, focused on on normal people in society who had adopted a meditative practice into their lifestyles. Exactly, yes. Awesome. So that was uh, uh, wonderful. And uh, yeah, at that moment in my life, it was was possible uh, to make, well, I had, of course, applied a long time before it, actually. Then I had, when I heard about this project, I applied, but then I I got the declining smile that there were far too many people already on the wait list. But then uh, I thought, why not be on the wait list? And when suddenly the moment came that that I was needed in these two groups uh, that were control, control groups for each other in a way, then uh, I could go and be. I was there within a few weeks in highly 
in the rocky rockies and we did we did shamatha meditations and so this is in the buddhist con- buddhist context uh, there is a distinguishing of of what so to say concentration calm shamatha meditations and insight meditation vipassana and you could say that foundational for both groups is mindfulness and the 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 good thing about these concentration calm meditation is that they are quite structured structured and yeah with a universal uh, approach and in that way they lend themselves well for research well and it seems uh, you know having looked at a, a little of your background prior to the project that you might have been in a in a very uh, unique position due to your studies uh, over your well, lifetime to to offer them insights uh, as to your experience um, because what uh, what did you do professionally? You mentioned uh, so it briefly when you when we you answered that you were in yeah. uh, psycho psychotherapy. Yeah, yes. So I I was for a long time working in um, psychotherapy in the psychiatry uh, context with um, as a as a child psychiatrist and later as a adult and. Group and family uh, therapist, and with a specialization in working with uh, migrants and people with a history of being a refugee, often traumatized persons. Wow. See, now and, that's that's a little uh, a little shocking in and of itself because we have this weird societal perception that science and spirituality is, is two separate entities, and whenever we think psychiatrist <clears throat> meditation is is far from our thoughts. But here we are speaking to you, who was a practicing psychiatrist psychotherapist who also integrated meditation into her daily lifestyle, which is to me, absolutely incredible. Cause I can imagine doing that kind of work. The impact to self must have been challenging at times because you probably have been witness to some very traumatic life experiences. Yes, that's that's right. And I'm I I have the feeling that the meditation and mindfulness practices have been a great support throughout life or throughout the last 25 years that I was um, I was involved in that too in the sense of yeah finding balance uh, in the sense of resilience and in a sign in a sense also of um, yeah being able to to receive and be with uh, the persons who have been so deeply traumatized. So, with regards to the study, the the three months, um, the three yeah, month retreat. The what was the, what was the sole focus of the retreat? What was their what was their 
aim, their goal? Well, it was was a, um, a set up aiming to understand more what is attention and can attention be trained through doing these focused attention practices from a very old wisdom tradition that, uh, yeah, so they have uh, existed for many, many centuries and they are very, very delicate and refined kinds of um, practices in the way they are, they have been uh, described. That's, so the first is can the attention be trained and in how far? And the second uh, overarching question um, regards the four qualities of the heart, which are also specific meditation meditations in, in all of Buddhism regarding loving kindness, compassion, um, empathetic joy and equanimity. And the question is, can these aspects uh, and these beneficial aspirations, can they support attention and improve emotion regulation? And the third of the four main questions was, are improvements in attention related to psychological functioning? And the fourth, what are, it's a very big question, what are the subjective, the behavioral, and the neural, and the physiological, uh, uh, physical correlates of such training? So there were many, many methods, multidisciplinary methods that were uh, aimed at us guinea pigs uh, to give some, uh, yeah, some entrance into those questions. And so we were with two times three months uh, uh, retreats, both retreats ex uh, with 30 persons, one in the spring of 2007 and one in the fall of 2007. And those who did the full retreat, and this was a randomized uh, waitlist controlled study, um, that, that meant that when you were applying, you, you couldn't choose in which of the two you would participate. You had to be, uh, you needed to, to have the, the opportunity to be assigned to either the one or the other. And the persons who were measured but did not participate in the spring, they had their own retreat in the fall. And then also it is a longitudinal uh, study in the sense that there will be more measurements over time after these two retreats. So uh, 2007 so, was the start. Yes, go ahead. <laughs> so so they're going to be following up with the people who were part of the retreats? Yeah, exactly. So we, I'll talk in the sense of we with these 60, two, two times 30 persons, we were very much measured through with many kinds of assessments uh, during these retreats at certain moments. I'll tell more about that. But then after that, uh, five months after we got home 
um, 16 months after we got home. And now, after six years, uh, after we got home, there are, again, partly the same measurements taking, being taken on us. So it's also very interesting how participating in these retreats will has has yeah expressed manifested yes or no in our lives yeah, certainly much more in depth than some of them you mentioned some of the studies that have been done for a week or or uh, but this is far more in depth and what what were the differences between the two between the two groups uh, did one perform the mindfulness practice and one not or how how was the how is that control the differences in the two yeah. groups yes well all the 60 persons in principle were heading the same uh, sort of intervention but 30 persons came in spring um, and 30 in in the fall but they were essentially the same kinds of groups with um, as many, um, well, in, in, the, in the statistical sense, as many uh, women and men uh, 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 around the same numbers, um, around the same sort of um, meditation background, the same duration of, um, of time of meditating, uh, same level of education. So they needed to be um, control, control groups for each other. So in, in that sense, they were not, there were no differences. But the only thing was that when you applied, you could hear you are placed in the spring retreat or you are placed in the fall retreat. And the thing about control, about waitlist control study was that the persons from the full retreat, they were flown in, so to say, with a, came in um, from all parts of the United States, Canada, Mexico, and a few of, from Europe. And they, had, they were also, they got the same assessments as the persons who had their retreat during those three months. So the only difference, but the important difference was that those from the control group, they didn't get the intervention. They were not allowed also to meditate in a different way than they they had done until then. So they were the persons who did not meditate and could be com- could be compared to those who did meditate in these three months. And then this control group um, were the participants for the full retreat. And they could also be compared in that way with their own measurements that were made in the stream. I hope I'm uh, clear. (laughs) Right. So one group followed this structured uh, shamanta uh, process where the other just continued whatever their background yeah. practice was. But they were flown in at the beginning and halfway and at the end of the three months for a few days to um, acclimatize and to, to work through the jet lag. And then they had 
two days of exactly the same measurements as the ones who did the meditations. And that made it possible to compare a group of persons who have done the meditations with a group of persons of the same kind of group who has not done the meditations. So that is a a very uh, robust sort of accepted scientific setup, which is, uh, yeah, mainstream best practice. Applying modern, as you say, mainstream best practice uh, study uh, to the age-old practice of meditation. Very true, yeah. The ancient and the modern together to yeah. uh, play so, play together. This is very absolutely. nice. Yes. So, how did that? Oh, now, now, because you said you were meditating for twenty five years prior to this, or you'd been practicing meditation practice for for twenty five years prior to this. Off and on. Off yeah. and on. So, so how yeah. did this? particular experience affect you personally? Yeah. It has been a very deep and uh, uh, great and uh, what I, as I said, yeah, life-changing experience even, yeah, if three months in a way, it's, it's long relatively when you compare it to a one-week retreat or a three-weeks retreat. Um, but um, yeah, being three months with this sole um, involvement or occupation of doing the meditations with a group of uh, like likewise motivated persons, and I think yeah, in a beautiful environment um, with getting. Um, impeccable instructions and guiding guided meditations and having the opportunity to do these uh, practices for um, yeah six to eight to sometimes uh, some people ten uh, hours a day that yeah this whole setup was inspiring and I think also it there was a sense of um, this is really important uh, um, we have this opportunity to participate in a very expensive uh, setup. Uh, millions of dollars are involved, so we want, yeah, to. It has for me. It has also sort of a sacred, solemn feel um, that was very motivating. That together we would, um, yeah, we would. Um, support each other and co-create what would, what would be coming out of this uh, out of this project so there were many many scientists involved in setting up what measurements had been done i can tell more about that and there were six scientists all the mostly of the time with us in these 3 months and uh, yeah, doing these these investigations and assessments on us two days in the beginning, 
two days after six weeks and two days after uh, three months. Two days of measurements, that's, uh, that can be quite a bit. I know one of the, one of the photographs that, that we have of you, you're wearing what uh, looks like an uh, EEG uh, cap. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yes, that was one of the. Sometimes there is some confusing, confusion of persons thinking that I was sitting meditation, meditating for months and months with this cap on my head. <laughs> but this was so. This was three times two two days. But that included doing EEG during during attention tests and also during guided meditation. And um, indeed, it was a cat with um, 96 channels, uh, 96 electrodes that were measuring all over our scalp what, uh, what specific parts of the brain are involved in, in different kinds of meditation and different kinds of uh, attention tests. And that's very interesting because um, people often think of meditation as as sort of the, the, almost the opposite of attention, that you're sort of tuning out uh, mm. the world around you. And then, yeah. but you also you measured uh, uh, looking for increases or changes, I suppose, in one's ability to uh, to hold attention on. Very true. Yes, and these these are these shamatha meditations are very foundational practices that are uh, yeah not not about getting away from the world, but on the contrary, to 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 sharpen the senses or to polish the lenses. You could say to to bring the instruments of our perceptional uh, abilities in in good shape and to, in uh, optimal shape so that has to do with tension indeed and, and also with these um, beneficial aspirations things that directly uh, um, radiate in daily life uh, in society so I can tell a bit right. more about which methods. Yeah, because that, uh, uh, that's a question I, th- I think some people often have is, uh, okay, you learn to, to relax better, but I need something that would help me focus at yeah. work, for example, or, uh, and, and that this was it looked at both, really. That's right. Yeah, I can tell a bit about which practices we did. So, yeah, indeed... Um, these shamatha concentration calm meditations are seen as complementary and foundational for insight practices and these attention practices lead to uh, increased relaxation and stability of attention and vividness of perception so uh, these are very practical things very much applicable in the in the daily life, and next, uh, well, these the, the practices we did for in that context were with a focus of mindfulness on the body, the breath, and, and that's a practice that is very uh, familiar to 
many persons and uh, connects to breath and body uh, awareness practices in many schools and wisdom traditions. And then, so in that, we have the focus at the whole body, at the abdomen and at the nostrils. Then there was a meditation practice focusing on the mind and the space of mind and what happens in the mind, what arises, which events come up, which may be thought, a thought, a memory, an emotion, things that arise and are there for a brief time and then dissolve again. That was settling the mind in its natural state and that, uh, well, connecting also with the question by uh, Jean, that was uh, this, my favorite practice, I could say, that in the way that it also offers, offers many insights in the working of the mind and the patterns in the mind and the way we uh, create and maintain the dust that is in the in the title of um, the book <laughs> and so that has a wider focus and then again wider was the focus on awareness awareness of awareness so and next to these attention direct attention practices there were these four what is called the four immeasurables these four qualities of the heart loving kindness compassion, empathetic joy, and equanimity. And then a Tibetan Buddhist practice, Tonglen, also in the field of emotions, of receiving and giving. And these were, uh, as I said, yeah, these could be phrased or framed as universal strategies, not bound to culture or religion. And next to the, the focusing, what I've been naming now, what we focused on, we trained the, the monitoring, the, the quality control. Some part of the mind is also looking at how I'm practicing or monitoring. Uh, am I getting distracted again or... Am I going in a whole uh, daydream story? Am I losing track with this focus? So that that kind of metacognition, in the sense of witnessing, and that that was a um, well a second important uh, ingredient. Yeah, because you, this you... must have been for you. Um, given your background in psychotherapy, one of yeah. the most fascinating experiences of your life. You are right. I mean, yeah. I'm just so happy for you that you got to do this because your passion clearly is centered around mind, the marriage yeah. of mind and emotion, which yes, is, yeah. is a very cool passion to have. But how often do people with that passion really, truly get to experience the kind of in-depth study mm-hmm. that yeah. you got to experience? That's so exciting for you. Yeah, well, it, I feel moved that you you really feel what is true. And I feel felt very, very privileged to, to have this opportunity and uh, 
yeah, indeed with this with these streams and flows coming from my Western upbringing and training and, of course, experiences uh, with myself in therapy, with others in therapy, myself offering uh, therapeutic guidance together with these deep uh, practices from from um, wisdom traditions and in in this case the Buddhist science of mind. This has felt like a very very broad range that that has been very very inspiring indeed. That you, you, your your gratitude for this experience is, is palpable. Mm-hmm. I, I can yeah. literally feel it coming through the airways, um, which is really <laughs> <Yeah>. cool. <laughs> very yeah. cool. Yeah. And and I find it. Some would find it interesting, I think, that you call it the Buddhist science of mind because people think more of EEG caps when they think of science, but really um, it is a a science, a a method of knowing the mind, um, which is really science is just about knowing, about knowledge. uh, Yeah. And uh, uh, that they studied with all the tools that they had available. uh, Yeah. And 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 now turning around and bringing some of these modern tools to bear on it as well is, because uh, I would imagine the differences in EEGs were distinct. You you mean in the beginning and at the end? Beginning and the end, and 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 uh, the meditators yeah. and the control group. That's true. Yeah. So there were there are indeed quite positive uh, findings or quite uh, the outcomes up till now. Um, it's it's six years ago that these retreats were there, but well, it's indeed said this is the the the, the most comprehensive study of intensive meditation to date. It has been said using methods drawn from fields of as diverse as molecular biology, neuroscience, and anthropology, and yeah, psychology and sociology and. Very, very broad, very broad, uh, uh, yeah, approach, which is indeed na- named to be unique, and I think because of the exceptionally broad range. Right. Many, many of the measurements are, uh, you know, people. Uh, so I grew up in a science and and uh, math engineering sort of frame mm-hmm. of mind and uh, at yeah. school and I know that there were many that 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 had that that mental bent so to speak yes. that would they kind of looked at psychotherapy as being subjective because you ask people yeah. how they feel and you and 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 that you can't measure that with a with a ruler but yeah. but this also involved many besides the EEG you mentioned molecular biology and yeah. um uh, many things that would be considered, you know, hard measurements, I suppose. Absolutely, yeah, they were in, involved. So there were the, 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 yeah, the best methods of what is now accepted, uh, what is now cognitive and affective neuroscience and stress and immune function and uh, physiological markers of uh, nervous system activity, also the autonomic nervous system. Well, a lot can be said in these kind of uh, 
so-called so objective uh, scientific terms also. Facial expressions, um, facial action coding system. Um, and interviews were taken, video interviews, and we filled in a daily experience questionnaires, so self-report questionnaires of seven pages every day. So there was quite a lot. And as, as a guinea pig, I was aware that I was quite busy with that. So every evening <laughs> we had to fill in these forms and then the next morning we had to fill to keep our dream log in a very in a special structured way. So in a way it was hard work and being of course um, pierced for tens of files with blood and uh, running in these two days uh, of research there was um, stress uh, stress um, hormone cortisol and other uh, things from the saliva were measured in a sort of a, for a curve over the day so then we had to run four times a day with a little tube with saliva to the refrigerator so we were quite kept quite busy in that, in that sense so they weren't Indeed. they weren't just measuring how this affected you emotionally and mentally they were also they were also measuring very thoroughly how this experience was affecting your physicality yes, which i find true. fascinating and, yeah. and super important because we forget that our emotional and mental bodies are very much attached to our physical bodies yes, and that yes. they are constantly in a communication and our mental and emotional state can have very I don't, I don't know what the word is but a very large impact on our physical state absolutely and uh, both ways indeed <laughs> so yeah. they are absolutely. so deep deeply correlated and this has been a research that that has uh, yeah um, addressed many different correlations uh, in the in the very physical uh, sense of uh, hormones oxytocin uh, uh, yeah, yeah saliva things um, enzymes uh, uh, the molecular thing um, together with these uh, tests we, we did many psychological personality tests and um, mindfulness test, compassion test, resilience test, uh, all that kind of psychological things. And then also these uh, interviews uh, once in um, six weeks. So there are three interviews also um, tracking the way we felt and what was our motivation and our aspiration and our purpose in life so to say and of course how we were doing <laughs> right but now that was, was changing yeah yeah so it was very broad very very broad arsenal of kinds of measurements we've we've uh, reached our midway point so we'll take a brief break when we come back from the break i want to hear about some of the results and, uh, okay. and whether there yeah, were anything surprising and and, yeah. and some of those things because i imagine there were um yeah. 
Yeah. What should we have, Jane, for a break? Uh, I don't know. We could... I think, given the topic at hand, probably some more hang music would be appropriate. Some more, some more hang music would be appropriate. All right. Well, we've we've had a lot of hang music guests lately. Hang yeah, on. but that's okay. Well, it's, there's nothing wrong with it's wonderful there's nothing music. wrong with a little hang. So uh, <laughs> don't know what it is. So we'll have it. It's a oh. beautiful musical instrument. Um, uh, sort of a uh, well, it's sort of a very it, modified, reimagined steel drum uh, that's yeah. played with the hands. It looks like a flying saucer, but the yeah. tones oh. are very oh, similar yeah. to what you would get off of a crystal ball. Bowl, oh. the crystal, the crystal bowl tones. Yeah. Um, very pure. And yeah. um, the 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 vibrational healing effects of mm-hmm. of hang music is is very potent and powerful. Oh yeah, now I understand. Yeah. So we'll have some uh, yeah. a, a selection from our friend uh, David Swarup, and uh, but we'll be back with some more about the interesting uh, interesting results of this fascinating study. I can't. I, I really yeah, want to hear some of that. I want to hear about the results <laughs> for Thank sure. You. I'm glad you are sharing in my excitement. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, it's it's fascinating. It's absolutely. Love it. So stay with us, folks. We'll be right back.
You're listening to Everyday Connection on the Flow Cooperative, an entirely new stream on the scene. Welcome back, everybody. I always try to be gentle when we're coming back from hang music. Uh, that was uh, our our dear friend David Swarup with uh, his piece Intermezzo, number two. Uh, thought that would be fitting since it's Intermezzo. That's a piece, a short piece that connects parts of an opera. Or so this will be the short piece that connects the two parts of our opera today on mindfulness. So again, we're back with uh, Adeline Van Wening uh, and talking about her book, The Less Dust, The More Trust, and uh, and this amazing study that uh, is still really ongoing uh, because follow-up measurements were made, you said, six years after, so about a year ago? Well, I'll, I'll get my turn uh, probably within a few weeks, so it's it's now being done. The, the, the third round of follow-up is now being done. Yeah, and a, some and the people amazing. in the U.S. have already got, they get a laptop sent at home with a number of tests that we also did in 2007. And uh, next to that, there will be uh, yeah Skype exchange probably and also interviewing of uh, not only ourselves, but also some people around us who have who know us in these years before participation and after participation. So that's wow. Exciting. Very thorough, eh? Yeah, that's, oh, that's a, a very good uh, thing that is seldom included, but that's where it needs to be uh, clear in the daily life. What are the Absolutely. Effects? How does it affect... How does it not only affect you, but how does it yeah. affect those around you? Because it does, of course. Whenever you change your your perspective of the yeah. world, which which is the ultimate um, result of a meditation yeah. practice, really, in the end, is that you, your perspective of life changes. Yes. And whenever that happens, yeah. it affects the lives of, of everybody that you interact with. Yeah. So I'm so grateful that they included that in the study. That's total brilliance. Yeah, yeah that's, 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 I'm also very thrilled with that. <laughs> yes, particularly with uh, someone with your professional background, this must be like candy. <laughs> it's so uh, delightful. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, and 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 for them for to be such a uh, an in-depth and uh, uh, and long-term study uh, because I it, it's certainly unique in all of the studies of meditation that I've heard of in that in that respect. You mean to include this second-person view? To, to well, and to the, the, the yeah. objective measurements, subjective measurements, the, yeah, the, uh, and the intersubjective with other people's around, indeed, indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's very cool. So, what were some of the, uh, uh, you know, in the in the in, in these tests that were performed uh, during the yeah. the actual study, and then in these in these follow up tests, this will be your third round of uh, follow up tests. What are some of the yeah. um, some of the results that uh, that have been found from this yeah. uh, meditative practice? 
Yes, I love to tell about that. Uh, a lot of all this data processing is still in the in the pipeline, and I like to name Clifford Saren, PhD, who is the the coordinator, the, di the direct scientific uh, research uh, director, and uh, Baljinder Sadra, who has joined him in that, and Alan Wallace is the meditation, has been a meditation teacher. And they, together with many other scientists, they have been years and years preparing for the exact setup and for the selection of which measurement to be made. Well, and I named a couple of these uh, instruments and I can uh, name some outcomes on the in the field of psychological, biological attention and emotion uh, uh, sense. As to the psychological, that has to do a lot with our self-report and the psychological testing. And there, um, they have made a sort of combined um, uh, theme, adaptive functioning, and it comes out that there are increases, significant increases in psychological well-being, mindfulness, empathy, and ego resilience in the in the those who have participated, and decreases also uh, decreases um, which connects with, uh, for instance, depression and anxiety questionnaires decreases significantly in depression, anxiety, neuroticism, problem, problematic emotion regulation. And this was still the, the case after five months in this first uh, follow-up. And for the controls, there was no change. But uh, when they did their own retreat, it was exactly the same sort of uh, outcomes. And then, so this uh, uh, three-month meditative retreat resulted in in directly measurable benefits, even yes. even five months after the, the retreat had ended. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's very true. Yeah, and so we are looking forward to hear about uh, the 16-month. Follow-up, these data have not yet been published. And then there's a, a second field, and this is the most groundbreaking, that is on this biological, uh, molecular biological um, level, on the chromosome level. There was, this was the first time this kind of research has been done on the enzyme of telomerase in connection with meditation. And that's an enzyme that protects the end of the chromosomes in the sense that, that when a cell divides, there is no damage and it is directly related to longevity. And so to say that uh, telomere length is, is somewhat related to what they call biological aging. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's true. So this is... Uh, actually, these telomeres they get slightly shorter every at every cell division, and so this gives a, a decrease in in yeah health uh, longevity and uh, yeah the, the the good shape 
of these uh, chromosomes. And the telomerase is then the protecting uh, enzyme. And after these three months for in, in our participant groups, there was 30% more telomerase in the retreatants compared to the controls. So that was also very significant. Very, very significant. Yeah. Not just wow. statistically significant. That's vastly significant, I should think. Yes, it was, was indeed uh, significant in the sense that it has never had never been measured in the relation in relation with meditation and also these psychological givens that connect also with this telomerous like mindfulness and uh, purpose in life is a special um, sort of measuring and that was directly correlated and uh, telomerous has been much researched in the context of not the increase, but the decrease in the sense of people under long time from uh, yeah, chronic stress with diseases or uh, large problems and worries and depression. They, in it has been found that for them the telomerase is very much decreasing. So now it was for the first time that this increase was. Uh, so clearly, and that's it's, that's amazing for uh, for people that aren't as familiar with the the, the telomere. It, uh, as you, as you said, when the cell cell divides, when it reproduces, yeah. it the, the telomere becomes slightly shorter, and and uh, then when it's if the telomeres are completely used up, the, you begin to have. Um, genetic errors, you might say, in reproduction yeah. that can result in in cell death, even and uh, yeah. and uh, uh, so that's why they call it sometimes a biological marker of aging. So, so there you go. You can literally, on a cell basis, slow down the aging process by meditating. Is what it sounds like. Yes. Yes. It actually, in, in a way, sounds like. It sounds like she just said you could reverse it because she said that they were getting longer. Um, well, longer than the control group. Longer than the control okay. group, certainly, yes. Yeah, so the, wow. the telomerase was 30% more. So it is That's uh, so cool. Yeah, I find it also very cool. And what was cool as well was that uh, Elizabeth Blackburn, who was on the board of um, of the research and who had, um, yeah, who was the person uh, who took care of this research, that she got uh, the Nobel Prize about her telomeres um, and telomeres research in 2000. Nine um, relating to her pioneering uh, work with people in the sense of illness and stress, but of course it was for us a, a great celebration now that that this worked also the other way. <laughs> Absolutely, because it, it, uh, virtually all the studies I've seen have been on things like stress or yeah. uh, something that that speeds up the shortening. Of the yes, telomere, yes, um, yeah. and um, so you could say, well, avoid stress, but 
there's been very few studies that show uh, a, a proactive measure you can take to slow the yeah di- this shortening this this yeah. cellular aging. Yeah, very true. Very nice. You you give some context to that. Yeah. Well, then, shall I say a few words about attention? But so we did actually a lot of attention training with always going back to this focus, whatever the focus was in these various meditations, but this was all the time on the focus and then getting distracted and back to the focus and quicker back to the focus. And we did, well, after retreat training, it was significantly better sustained attention that we showed on these tests and with more refinement and discrimination of small differences. We had, for instance, to to press a button when two vertical lines, a longer line and a shorter line, um, we had to press when it was the shorter line or the longer line, different setups. But then the difference between long and short was made ever shorter, ever smaller. So in that sense, uh, it could be... uh, assessed that our discrimination of these very small differences was uh, better. And another thing in this context was uh, improvement in response inhibition, which means the ability to withhold response when, uh, when it was not the thing to do, um, which suggests also in an emotional sense less reactivity less, um, yeah, direct, sort of impulsive. Uh, so much more control of self. Yeah, yes. Less, and then, um, indeed, yeah, control the, in, the, in the good sense. <laughs> right, the, the slang that we would use here, less of a knee-jerk reaction and more ability to have a thoughtful exactly. response. Yes, not, not reactive, but responsive. With, with awareness, with choice, with options. Yeah. And then we like few, choice. We like that very much. It's, it's one of our yeah. favorite words, choice. I, I oh, often, phrase. I often say that's the difference between humans and animals. Animals react out of yeah. instinctive programming, however you want to view where that comes from. They tend to react to a situation, yeah. uh, whereas humans have the ability to hold the reaction and... Yeah. create a thoughtful response, a mindful response. Yes, very true, yeah. Well, and then the field of emotion, um, there was, I can tell, for instance, one sort of test was a very, very painful sort of test, actually, that we were confronted with very graphic um disturbing slides and film clips with imagery of the Iraq war and other uh, violent sort of scenes. And um, we were asked to rate our emotions on a storyboard with segments of the film. So what what was uh, 
what is the sequence also in these emotions, joy, disgust, aversion, curiosity. And then at the same time, um, also are the autonomic nervous system with heartbeat, breath rate, skin conductance was measured, also EEG was done, and also facial action coding. Uh, so there was our faces were taken on video and uh, um, rated and very uh, very special research um, refined research sense and some of what came out was that there was a decreased number of rejection expressions uh, increased sadness more signs of empathy with with all involved and um, yeah and the inclination to want to help that that kind of uh, right the, the well and the, the decrease of the rejection to, response it more acceptance yeah, it's supposed to be an angry exactly yeah right. and, 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 and disgust and rejection yeah. and, and, and wanting more of, away so it, it suggests, as it's the, the article says, that an increased ability to hold in mind complex and painful realities without pushing them away. That's that's huge. Awesome. Yeah. 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 It, that's it, it's actually full of awe for me. So it makes it awful. No, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> because that ability to not need to push those away and, mm-hmm. and, and, and yet maintain more of your own sense of calm so that you respond out of what sounds to me like a lot of measurements that add up to increased level of compassion. Yes, very true. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, compassion would be someone that can see that and, and people used to ask Mother Teresa, how can you go out there and look at these poor people every day? And yeah. she was... Well, you know, that's, I just go look at uh, Jesus in all of his horrible disguises every day. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a very compassionate response as opposed to, yeah. oh, I can't, I can't bear to see that. Yeah. That yeah. rejection response, that pushing yeah. it away. That's, that's, that's huge, at least. Yeah, and I, I would think it would lead also to more compassion towards the people who are committing the acts. Yes. That yes, you are quite right. Used to bring forth anger. Um, just recently comes to mind, a friend of mine posted a video um, on Facebook. And yeah. I know this sounds odd, but it's, it's a video. I didn't watch it, but I was fascinated by the responses of the people that, that had looked at it. It was a video that was showing a woman doing something that's just... <sighs> somewhat unspeakable to a mm. child why yeah. they would post it in the first place is beyond me but mm. it was the reaction of the people that mm. fascinated me the most because most of them reacted out of anger and yeah. after two and a half years of doing the show and and four to five years of my own personal growth and expansion I was looking more at I wonder what caused this woman to be in a yeah. state where she could do something like that to a child. Yes, yes, yes. That's quite impressive. Yeah. And quite to me, that's, 
that difference in states is the difference in a peaceful or non-peaceful world. Mm-hmm. When when you're in that state where you're instantly reacting with anger, yeah. And I I purposely choose reacting rather yeah. than responding with that compassion yeah. and curiosity of I wonder how much pain that woman must be in to be yes. able right. to do this. That's what I was thinking. Yes. Yes. Is, it has to be something horrible that happened to her to cause her to act that way. Very true. Yeah. It, it's the difference between being slapped and slapping someone back or being slapped and, and turning the other cheek, which to mm-hmm. me means always looking at it in a different angle from, mm-hmm. you know, oh, my goodness, what's yeah. wrong with you, you poor person, that you had to slap yeah. me like that, you know. Yes, yes. And, yeah. um, and because when I know when I was rather in the extreme of reactivity, it, it that always seemed silly to me. What do you mean? Mm-hmm. You wonder. Mm-hmm. Hit them back. Defend yourself. Yeah. But yeah. it's yeah. the ultimate defense of yourself and everyone around you is to react and not react, but respond with compassion. Yeah. And, and and how can I ease your pain so that mm. you, don't, you don't have to resort to that? Mm. Yeah, very true. That's a, indeed quite a different perspective. Like, like uh, Jean was talking about perspectives. Yeah, holding... Mm more inclusive yeah perspective. Uh, yeah uh, you know it's it's lovely to say well it helps people pay more calm attention so this would perhaps be a good practice for children mm-hmm. with ADHD or, mm-hmm. or or something like that or it would help people yeah. that, pilots to pay better attention in the air it, yeah. that that's all that's it, those are all true. wonderful things and, tr- and yeah. true from the results of this research but something yeah. that that can be a global changing thing, yeah. uh, increasing yeah. compassion. Yes. Uh, right, because it's, uh, think, think in terms of if, um, just like throwing one way out there, way out of the box. Think in terms of meditative practice becoming, um, becoming a part of your training mm-hmm. for, say, police work. Yeah. Or a part yeah. of your training for the military. Yes. Yes. And how would that shift and alter the way that our first responders interact yes. with the or, people that or, they're supposed to be, quote unquote, protecting or mm-hmm. helping? Yeah. Or, uh, if it was mandatory. More broadly yeah. applied, just to become, become part of physical education in school. Yeah. To, to pick us something similar, it's it's become reasonably accepted that a certain level of exercise is needed for the body to yeah. function in an optimal manner. Yeah. And if it became scientifically or, or more importantly culturally accepted yeah. that yeah. a certain amount of meditative or mindfulness practice is necessary yes. for your emotional health, yes, or you might have a emotion attack instead of a heart attack yes. or of course I guess yes. it's really a heart attack of the emotional heart yes. um, so that it just becomes something that you know the fitness centers in the United States they're everywhere you go three mm. blocks there's another yeah. fitness center or exercise place or it's yeah. one of the top selling points of housing developments apartment developments oh, we yeah. have we have a fitness center that's fully equipped and maintained and part yeah. of your experience living here yeah. So next, then, mindfulness centers, meditation centers. 
Yes. Meditation rooms suddenly being coming part of every every community. Yeah. And yeah. and just seen not as well if you want to be spiritual yeah. in some strange woo woo sense, mm-hmm. then you should meditate. But yeah. simply, if you would like to be emotionally healthy exactly. and yeah. live and longer... And physically healthy. Yeah, yeah. physically awesome. healthy as well. Then this should be part of your normal fitness yeah. routine. Yes, and, um, it is what is com- being a complete human. This, yeah. This, this goes and, into it also. Yeah. And rather than just being able to tell people, well, if you look at the great minds of time, all time, they, they, they're all meditated in one form or another. They were quiet and contemplative, and, and yeah. Yeah, whether they were Einstein or yeah. a spiritual guru. Yeah. Um, and that's fine to be able to tell people, but to be able to say, listen, we've done randomized, controlled studies. Yes. This yes. is a fact. This is just the way it yes. is. We don't even have to wonder why. It just it makes these physical changes, which relate to these emotional changes, and these people are just healthier. Yeah. Um, that's what finally did it, I believe, for exercise, fitness, jogging, all of that. Yeah. It was right. there's scientific yeah. evidence that you'll live longer and in yeah. less pain if yes. you do this. So that's yes. what gets people to go, okay. Gradually I'll, getting accepted. Yeah. Right. I'll get up out of bed or off the sofa and... Yeah. And, and spend a little time walking or, you know, because yeah. it's coming out that it doesn't have to be extreme. No, no. You, you, and, and I think that studies like this can show that you don't have to be the Buddhist monk. Yeah, yes. Uh, who still can sort of slow his respiration, you know, one time every five minutes. People yeah. are like, who cares? I don't want to, yeah. I don't have a desire to do that. Yeah. So I'm not going to go live in a monastery, but showing that yeah. that three-month retreat, yeah. that's not much to give, really. No. It's, and even to give years to having a proper education, quote-unquote, yeah. yeah. three yeah. months, and you're still experiencing measurable benefit yeah. years later. Absolutely. Well, that's, uh, that's certainly... Uh, you know, what's every, coming out? And every employer, every employer could have reliable scientific data that indicated that if they paid their employees to go on a 30-day meditation retreat, yeah. even 21 days, three weeks, every year. Yeah. Can you imagine? Productivity would be productivity would be up. Um, yes. Illness and and time taken away from work would be down. Yeah. Yes. Um, personal issues, Please, so pleasure in, in interpersonal, yeah, yeah, interpersonal issues within the office environment um, yeah. would be yeah. would be not an issue we anymore. We finally have an and, answer and, for the United States Postal Service: is how do you stop employees from walking in with machine guns and killing people? Yeah. Oh, would you just let them go meditate for mm-hmm. three weeks a year, and because yeah. they would save more in insurance costs and health costs yeah. then it would cost them to send the people to meditate. I, yes, you I, I bet you money. And, and, yeah. and if you can bet your money, corporations... Yeah, that's it, right? Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's the key. As, as soon yeah. as you, you talk about productivity being up and time away from work being down, yeah. um, time spent on, on 
illness insurance, like a, yeah. in pain employees who are off sick, disability yeah. insurance, yeah. Um, the, you know, accidents in the workplace, recovery would be quicker. Yes. There would be it fewer would be, accidents because people there would have be better fewer attention. Because of better attention, absolutely. Yes. So this all relates back to yeah. they would save a ton of cash. And when you're talking to corporations, that's like the well, golden yeah. golden mean for them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's yeah. the golden so that's rule the good, for them. The good thing yeah. that indeed it is in the language of many hardcore rationalists uh, with, who only think of profits, that even in yeah. their language, it is not so difficult to bring in convincing evidence. Yeah. No, it's logical. Compared it's rational. To, it's, 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 it's very rational. Sense. Yeah, it isn't. Which I've always said it had to be, if the, or else the rationality was the fear. Yeah, it is very but, rational, of course. Yeah. But it's the... For so long, science rather looked at practices like meditation or mindfulness as, in a, oh, yeah, that's, that's woo-woo. That's yeah, not that's, science. That's not... With, Soft stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah, pseudoscience. You know, pseudoscience. Uh, yeah. I would imagine that until somebody actually went and took the measurements, that mixing metals together to make an alloy to make a stronger sword was kind of seen as wizardry. Yeah. You know, how do you know how to do that? Well, you just it turns a certain color, or I smell a smell, and, and they don't smell it, so they think you're crazy. It's art. It's magic. It's but somebody took the time to say, look, this works. Let's go measure it with the scientific instruments yeah. and, and, and see, and we'll see that it does. And uh, yeah. um, so it's just extraordinarily exciting to me. Anytime I see science and, yeah. and spirituality or, yeah. as I like to call it, living, um, yeah. converge. <laughs> yeah, living. Because... Yeah. Just living, just it's, being real human. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's it's coming. You know, why did that guy? Why did that guy live longer? Well, he spent some time daydreaming every day. And you go, well, that's worthless. No, because technically he was meditating, <laughs> yeah. and 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 got that benefit to his body some. Yeah. And if you just refined it a tiny bit, yeah, and 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 followed it as a regular practice, the the. I mean, that's that's reality-changing stuff. Yes, even 10 minutes a day to start with, and people who do this for uh, one or two weeks, it's already measurable. That's unbelievable. That's and, also and they, in smaller uh, quantities. This, this neuroplasticity is actually all so much illustrating the plasticity of the, our ever-changing, ever-dynamic uh, that's the, yeah. that's the difference they like to talk about. Well, children can learn things so quickly. Well, it's because they yeah. have a great degree of neuroplasticity. Yeah. Wouldn't it be nice to carry that with you for longer and not just accept that when you're 40? Well, we do all the time, and we are. That's why people live longer. But, yes. but you know, people think, well, you know, by the time you're 40, they've, life has beaten yeah. all of the child out of you. Yeah. Why? Well, up why? until 20 years ago... Um, Ever, almost everybody thought in that way. So it's a revolutionary uh, it is. development it's, that it's, it's quite visible. And, and, because I've seen some, uh, they're more anecdotal studies because they're not randomized controlled, but uh, anecdotal studies where a group of students is part of a meditation 
practice every day after school for yeah. 20 minutes. And then they look at them and their graduation rate and their health rate. And uh, But it's anecdotal. And so people, yeah. hardcore scientists, God bless yeah. them, can can sort of poo-poo that away. They can go, well, it's yeah, not yeah. a proper controlled study. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and, but this is a proper randomized controlled, the yeah. real deal people study. And it's over a course of years. Yes. These, this is, like you said, this is in the language of rationality. This is in, uh, for, for people that want to measure in that way, in that yeah. manner, here it is. You exactly. Ask yeah. Lock with yeah. proof. Yes. 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 That's very interesting that uh, Clifford Seren, the, the main researcher, he is now indeed invited to many, also to many large corporations and uh, CEOs and police and uh, corpses and et cetera. So it's gradually, gradually this kind, uh, well, coming in with these, uh, uh, yeah, these kind of hard, hard yeah. evidence. And that's the thing that I want to I point out about, about humanity. You know, we often hear of people saying, oh, that'll never happen and that will never change and, mm-hmm. and, it's always going to be the same. That's the way it's always been. Um, yeah. You know, people just want to want to make money, and they just want to control, and they just want to blah blah blah. They want to, they want to, want to. Want to. But at yeah. at the core of every every human is the desire to improve life, yes. Yes. and a desire to improve our world. And yes. once people have been presented with the truth about how something can benefit us as individuals and as a society, they yeah. will work to adopt it yes. and yes. work to learn it somebody and work gave, to embrace it. Somebody gave so evidence. It's just a matter of time, right, yeah. before, before corporations and before, oh, police, this is, before the military. Yeah, it's a foregone conclusion. So, look, somebody came up and said, look, here's the data. Um, employees who have reliable... Childcare, mm-hmm. on premises where they, if something happens, they can just take an elevator and run down a hallway, and they're with their child. They yeah. perform better, and they're sick yeah. less. And, yes. and and what happened? Corporations all over the planet started building daycare centers. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. employees that spend a certain amount of time on a on a elliptical machine every day perform better, are sick less, yeah. and. And corporations all over the place now, all over yeah. the planet, have fitness centers or <laughs> cooperative yeah. agreements with a fitness center nearby. And, 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 yeah. and they, they have these corporate wellness programs, they call them. It, yeah. So you show them, you, you know, I could, I could play Mr. CEO here. <clears throat> all yeah. right, well, you're telling me that if I simply give a space where they can sit and be quiet, <laughs> I don't have to buy any fitness machines. You don't have to hire any daycare personnel. Are you kidding me? Someone do this tomorrow. Yeah. Really, because it, it's 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 finally it's that clear. Very, it's a very good investment. Yeah. So absolutely, I'm so happy that this study has been done, and I can't wait to see the results coming off of the six-year um, follow-up. Yeah. That's going to yes. be just simply yes. exciting and uh, i you know we're gonna have to get you back on the cake. once that's I, done I and once it's come out because i really because, enjoy it. yeah um I keep you I informed really like, yeah absolutely mm-hmm. and you know I mean, 
because this is like Rick said, this is this is life changing stuff. This is a reality altering yeah. stuff. Yes, I this, hope it it's it transpires in a way. It feels very urgent, also not even, oh, well, for our for us personally, for the CEOs and their companies, but. For, yeah, for yeah, society, for survival of the planet. Even, all, even if all we did to begin with was get the CEOs to start meditating, yeah, yeah. they would see yeah. the benefit in their life, and so they would tell their vice presidents, and their vice presidents would see some benefit another year down the road. And in 10 years, yeah. it's, it's something I love to mm-hmm. look at because it makes me yeah. feel good is – when Buckminster Fuller talked about just being a trim tab, that if you just move the tiny little trim tab, it yeah. pushes the rudder, which pushes the whole ship. Yeah. And you say, yeah, but it doesn't push it very fast. You say, well, yeah, but by the time you just, on our physical planet, yeah. sail across the Atlantic Ocean, yeah. that tiny little trim tab can be the difference between arriving in 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 a frozen winter wonderland or um, yeah. a sunny, steamy beach. Tropical paradise, yeah. Because uh, a, a very small course correction that's constantly done mm-hmm. over a long period of time makes huge, yeah. almost yeah. immeasurable differences in the destination. Yes, um, we, and will, we will need it, I mean, yeah. to survive collectively. This is a, but because this is a better destination, we like it more, yeah. it's more fun, and... Um, because really, if you don't have to worry about war breaking out, you can have a whole lot more fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right now, you have to check some list before you travel. You say, oh, that mountain looks cool, and I've got the money. I'll fly over there. Oh, wait, they're having a war. Well, yeah. how inconvenient is that? Yeah. I just believe it, would, it will make that kind of a reality changing yes. difference well I'm, I'm very excited with you and uh, i'm so uh, happy that you take it so much further all these steps indeed like when i'm telling about the the outcomes of this specific research it opens quite large uh, survival vistas oh, <laughs> and quality of life vistas indeed yes absolutely yeah. beautiful vistas it, yeah. the things that were for formerly thought impossible vistas and yeah. Yeah. we like that when impossible turns into i'm possible i'm possible mm. so uh, very nice yeah so with your book you um you have a lot of your uh entries from your different journals and 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 uh really take the reader along f- through this experience with you is that mm. tell us a little bit more about the book yeah well can't wait I, to read it <laughs> I'm looking forward. Um, yeah, the book is, uh, we are talking now mostly about the research and the project, and actually that is the first part of the book. The, there are three flows in the book. Um, yeah, the personal experiences as a participant in a project, indeed, meditation and science, and the uh, the outcomes and the contemplation, later contemplations, Amusings going uh, up till uh, last year, actually. So what it has meant for me, how this rippled through my life, uh, including in diary form. There are actually three things. So that's the first. And the second is that a couple of of, uh, chapters are 
more deeper, going deeper in this contemplative Buddhist approach into the psychology and psychiatry that's underlying with a few from Western and Eastern. Uh, because approaches. on top of uh, being an MD, PhD, a, a psychiatrist, psycho, psychotherapist, psychologist, you also have a master's degree in Buddhist studies? Yes. Yeah. And that feels as very uh, enriching. Uh, and and bless your path. heart for, for going through all of those so that you can bring all of that to illumination onto this subject at once. What a what a yummy combination. Yes. Wow. Yeah, Jane? Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, it's, I've really, uh, yeah, felt so much enriched with all these uh, sources and then uh, coming together and looking through all these various lenses and at this experience, at this project, so that's uh, yeah. The erasing of the lines between you can either yeah. see this through science or through spirituality, but not both. Yes. So well, indeed, it's, it's, I, I include this integral uh, approach. Well, for look at uh, in an integral way to all these these uh, uh, what are usually seen uh, as very difficult. Uh, Separated, compartmentalized uh, uh, ways of looking to, to to integrate that. That's unity and then the, too. That's um, unity too, people. You got to. It's it's no longer this or that. It's got to be this and that. Yeah. Yes. Right. And then uh, to name these three things that come together in the book. The third is. Um, maybe most importantly, my wish that the reader with the guided meditations in each of the 12 chapters will feel supported in developing a personal path of reflection and practice. And however we call it, we needn't call it meditation or mindfulness, but but yeah, living yeah, in a way of awareness and of respect and of... Uh, Okay, so wait. So, so, uh, so, so, uh, a newbie like me, um, there's guided meditations in the book that can help yes. you yes. start a practice of your own. Yes. So this I, isn't I, help you reap these benefits in your own life. Right. Without having to go out and buy a whole bunch of other books and do a whole bunch of other courses, you can yeah. actually learn the benefits and the methodology all in one neat little cool package that's awesome <laughs> that's that's my has been my intention in writing the book that indeed it goes from the very bare beginnings and also for a person who has no well you won't be but other people who won't have any um, um, familiarity with meditation but feel some interest it it builds up and uh, in all these chapters, there is uh, one or sometimes more guided practice. Uh, yeah, so. So awesome. I mean, Fantastic. So how do I get my hands on it? Mm, um, it's it's, it's for question. sale. <laughs> it can be, um, it's in the, well, it can be ordered, of course, by the local bookshops when it's in all the big internet, the Amazons, and all the others. We will uh, 
certainly at our website have a uh, have a link to it uh, oh, great. where people can directly click to uh to pick that up uh yeah. and uh, uh i know that the the project itself uh this isn't uh, so much your website as the project's website is yeah. shamatha s h a m a t h a dot org o r g and um, there's ways that people can get involved there's the support a yogi program launched by the participants in the study there's uh, all the a lot of the data that's in there and um, talks about the yogis you would be one of those yeah i, yes. I presume yes um and uh yeah, and there's also a site. I hope it's all right that I, no, I send that a, a site uh, about the the from the researchers, where um, now up till now, but also in the future, all publications will be uh, available in PDF form. So anybody oh, who awesome. likes to yeah to be in tune with with new findings uh, and posters and. Uh, what they show on conferences and so that's all included in there. I'll send that link. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. And that, can you uh, can you um, spell it out for our readers now? Yeah, tell us what it is. Or our listeners. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. Then I have to find Uh-oh. that quickly. That's, that's okay. okay. Oh, if you don't have it right at hand, we'll certainly have it up there. But um, yeah, we can put it on yeah. the website. Absolutely. And no um, problem. I know that's the one that's at the UC Davis. Yes, uh, it's the UC. I can spell it. I believe I it's. It. Is it mind shall brain? I, shall I say it? Yes, yeah. ma'am. Mind mind brain. So M I N D B R A I N dot U C Davis U U C D A V I S dot A D U E D U. Mm-hmm. And then slash labs, mm-hmm. L-A-B-S, slash Saron, S-A-R-O-N, slash Shamata, so this is S-H-A-M-A-T-H-A, um, little lying line project. That's awesome. the one. So, uh, awesome. Mind we'll brain. make sure that link is on the website. As Absolutely, well. and uh, right there from UC Davis, University of yeah. California Davis. Uh, excellent, excellent stuffs. Uh, excellent, excellent stuffs. I, I don't know what else to say. Gene, wordsmith. Awesomeness. Yeah. Awesomeness. That. I I don't know. I'm kind of at a loss for words because it's it's been so long in coming, certainly, um, and you know those of us who have actually actually researched this on our own time or in recognized case doing the show know of the benefits have have talked to yogis have have had them on the show have seen it you know in our own lives um but it needs to come out into the public awareness so that they can be allowed to see the truth and embrace it for themselves and so this finally is a study that I believe is going to facilitate that action. And that to me is absolutely amazing and something to celebrate. Mm, Absolutely. Yeah. 
Absolutely. It will, I agree, and I love your words. <laughs> it will birth new, new studies, but it will also birth the beginnings of, of these corporate meditation centers that just yeah. become part of everyday life. Yeah. Because and once the corporations want it, the education system's going to pick it up. So that's a given. It's what they do. Yeah, it's already yeah. it's already happening, but it needs yeah. much more. Uh, so cool. uh, so a, a greater pace. <laughs> this is providing a great deal of thrust for the movement of that ship, and yes. Uh, yes. and and how wonderful and. Uh, in, in gratitude for the study and in gratitude for you, because without the use that were part of this, it, it uh, we wouldn't have it. So just mm-hmm. immense appreciation and gratitude for the work that you've done. Yeah, my gratitude to, to all those, to of course the, the researchers, Clifford Sarah and Alan Wallace, and all those uh, researchers behind them, uh, and all those practitioners through the ages, who, who uh, yeah, on whose shoulders we stand. Ah, it's all truly a co-creation on this yes. planet anymore. Yes. Mm. Ah. And I'm grateful to you uh, for this, uh, yeah, lovely, yeah. exciting talk. And uh, oh, I'm, wonderful. I'm glad you had a good time. We means we accomplished mm-hmm. our goal, which is to have yes. fun. Have <laughs> fun. Yes. <laughs> our main and, main and only firm goal is to have fun. And, uh, and Playing so in thank the virtual you. sandbox. That's yeah. the one. Thank you so much for your time, your talent, your treasure that you're sharing with the world. It's uh, an amazing and life-changing stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we'll have those websites up on our website as well. It, some of those links are, are, are long, but we'll have them right there where you can click at everydayconnection.me. Uh, and you just look for... Uh, Adeline Van Waning. She'll be on the top of the list right after you've heard this. And uh, uh, so if you're subscribed on your iPods and iPads and iStuffs, uh, we call it, hop on over to the website and uh, check this stuff out because it's amazing. And pick up the book. You'll get the insider's view. How cool is that? I like that insider view stuff. Yeah. They used to have yeah, a TV show called it, it Inside Edition. This is the Insight Edition over here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Various ways. With a D and a G H. Yeah. Yes, that's the one. Um so folks, more conversations like this uh on our website and so many more to come. Uh thank you again, Adeline and uh Thank you, Rick and Jean. Folks, we hope that you will join us again next time. But until then, to our mother, to each other, and especially to yourselves, stay connected. Have a great now, everybody. Join Jean and Rick again next time. Until then, visit their website at everydayconnection.me and subscribe for news and updates. Stop by their Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash everyday connection and join the conversation. You can also subscribe on iTunes by searching for Everyday Connection Radio. Subscriptions are free, just like your Everyday Connection.
are listening to the Flow Cooperative, bringing you the sounds of an awakening world. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. 